0: Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I wanna make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you. And you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans, they even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices you can have read the bible to you over time i've listened to rosie the most she is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to i also love amber's voice it's comforting and eloquent so good and then you can also choose what you want in the background whether it's music or white noise i love hearing the piano being played while i listen to the bible being read to me pretty special dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Well, aloha, and welcome to episode number eight of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson, and I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. Guys, this just gets more fun for me every week. I'm getting a little more comfortable and I'm finding more and more boy moms to bring on for future episodes. I've got all kinds of great shows lined up, and can I just thank you? Last week I suggested that I was hoping to get over a hundred ratings or reviews. By the next episode. And last I checked, I was well over a hundred and thank you so much for making that happen. Those stars, those few words of review mean so much to me. And I do think they're helping me get found by more boy moms all over the world. So thank you. Thank you. And again, if you haven't left your rating or review, you're welcome to pause this podcast right now and hop over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening and leave a quick rating or review. And it would mean so much to me. Okay, guys, we're just two weeks away from my book launch. As I record this, we have two weeks and one day until August sixth, and I'm kind of getting giddy. I'm having so much fun with my book launch team. If you're on it, can I just say a big thank you right here? I have the best launch team ever. So much support, so much love. We're having such a great time. I have a great launch coordinator, Caitlin. Um, so many wonderful things happening, and yet there's so much always to do leading up to a book launch, as I'm just now discovering. So thank you guys for your support and sharing this podcast is another great way to help people find my book. My book is, by the way, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. And you can find it, um, find all kinds of information about it and how to order it at monicaswanson.com forward slash boy mom book. So I hope you will check it out pre-order. Oh, and by the way, if you pre-order right now, I think up until about the time the book releases, maybe a few days after there are two free pre-order incentives. So definitely hit that book page, scroll to the bottom. You're going to see a place where you can click and you can leave your receipt or order information and get two free downloads. They are really good. I worked very hard on them earlier this summer, and I think you're going to enjoy them. Okay, guys, now we are continuing on covering the main topics in my book, Boy Mom. And I want to just take a second to invite you. If you're a new listener, I hope you can go back to the very first episode. It's the welcome episode and it's a short one, but it is where I kind of tell you, well, first of all, a little about myself, how I got here, how this podcast came to be, but also what I'm doing in these very first episodes and why they're important. So I hope you'll go back, give that a listen. um, And I think you'll feel like you know me a little bit better and you'll know what we're doing, but we are all the way up to a chapter in my book about um, raising a son with intentional influences and this is so important um, we're bringing on my good friend Jeannie Cunyon, who I have loved and respected for many years Jeannie is a mother of four boys she's written a couple books she's doing amazing things with her life both as a mom and um and supporting an orphanage in Haiti and going back over there each year and she's got some fun updates something happening right now in her life related to that so I think you're going to enjoy our conversation but one thing I tell Jeannie is that of all the topics in my book, and I know every week, I'm like, this is my heart of hearts, or this is my favorite. But I tell her that when a couple ask me, uh, to just boil it all down, like what are the three most important things in raising a son? And though I wanted to name all 12 in my book, I did say first faith. And the second thing I named was influence. Because I look at my boys, my two oldest, by the way, just had a birthday in the last week. So one is 20, one is 18. And I think so much of who they are is because of the intentional influences we've placed in their life. And then because of how they've grown up, They've chosen influences to continue to shape them as they become more independent. So influences are huge. Just like always, Jeannie and I could only scratch the surface. You're going to find a lot more in my book where I talk about influences in person, like their peers and the culture around them, as well as role models. And then we even touch on media and entertainment and all the other things that can influence our sons and how we can be intentional about all of these things. So I'm just going to trust that you'll find that chapter in my book to read more. But Jeannie and I have a very honest, real mom to mom, boy mom to boy mom chat about our experiences, some of our challenges and some of our victories. And I think you're going to enjoy tuning in. So guys, I'm going to let you listen in on my conversation with Jeannie now. I do have a couple final notes at the end so be sure to listen to the end and I just want to thank you again for being here hope you enjoy this conversation hey Jeannie welcome to the boy mom podcast thank you Monica I'm so happy to join you today oh I am just really excited when I started this podcast and thought about all the different friends that I would like to have on you were absolutely top of the list I've loved being a boy mom friend of yours for a few years now
1: right Oh, well, I've, I've loved being a few years behind you on the journey. So I just keep, I just keep checking in going, all right, what can I learn from Monica now? What can I oh. learn from this stage now?
0: Thank you so much. It is much. amazing
1: the, um, how there's the, the age difference, right? Cause we both have three boys pretty close in age. And then we have like the mascot at the end.
0: That's right. I think we're almost exactly right. Didn't we figure that out? We have we basically did. the same,
1: <laughs> almost the same pattern, but I'm like what, five years behind you, I think on that, on that journey.
0: Oh. Well, I your family is just adorable, and I love watching you guys, and little Finn, he's the youngest, right?
1: He's baby Finn, although not so baby anymore, but yeah. Oh, he is darling. Well, before we jump in and start this
0: conversation, why don't you tell, for anyone out there that doesn't know you, which I bet most people do, but can you just give us a little introduction, tell us where you are and a little about your family, so we've got the background on you?
1: Sure. I am... Um, so my husband, Mike, and I have uh, four boys. Um, Cal is our oldest. He's 14. Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan is 12. Owen is nine. Mm-hmm. And then we have Finn, who is three. Oh. Um, people often ask me if uh, we decided to go back in and go for the girl, and the answer is no. <laughs> there you go. I um, <laughs> We just, we just decided we wanted to keep growing our family. I always wanted six, and then I got tired, so we stopped at four. <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: and we, uh, as of tomorrow, actually, have a, another son joining our family. His name's Andre, and he is from an orphanage in Haiti that we've been um, just really involved with for about the last six years. Um, but Andre is 23. He's graduated from high school from the orphanage, and he's going to be moving in tomorrow for a couple years, going to college and becoming part of our family. So we are so, so, so excited about that. So I guess that now makes me a boy mom of five, you starting me. tomorrow. <laughs> I'm so I'm like giddy excited about it.
0: <laughs> and your uh, boys
1: have a big brother. Uh, yeah, they've got oh. a big brother. And they know him. We've, we've been to the orphanage several times. We go every February and have a beautiful relationship with all the kids there. And so they know him very well. Um, and so we're just so excited about him becoming part of our family. Can't wait. Wow, what yeah. an
0: awesome adventure you're about it, to begin.
1: It is. I mean, we so we live in Connecticut, um about 45 minutes north of New York City, which is where my husband works and um, you know, we were going back and forth with Andre about how excited he was to come live in Connecticut. And my husband said, you know, Andre, you might not feel that way. Like in February <laughs> <Because> <laughs> when it's like two degrees outside and you're confident yes. that like your organs are actually frozen, That's um, right. you might be, you might be wishing you had like joined a family in Florida yes, or Hawaii. Or or Hawaii. Hawaii. I was going to say, send yeah. him out here. We'll keep yeah, him yeah, for yeah. a few weeks, warm him up. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so we're, we're super excited about that.
0: Um, I love yeah. it. And, and uh, Jeannie and I met through writing for the Mob Society, the Mother of Boys Society, years ago. But tell us a little about your work, your writing, and um, yeah, that yeah. stuff.
1: So I always call myself an accidental writer. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a master's in social work. I was an adoption social worker for many, many years um, and uh, started feeling the Lord's calling on my life to start writing about seven years ago, Mm -hmm. um, which didn't make any sense to me at all. Um, And oh my goodness, this could be a very long story, but the the irony of it. Um, is that when I felt the Lord kind of telling me to set aside the social work and start writing about what He was teaching me about His grace as I was trying to parent three boys under five and felt like I was, you know, all the wheels were coming off and everything I thought I would know how to do, I didn't. And when I felt the Lord nudging me to start writing about that, Um, I joke that I made a deal with God that we don't really do that, but I said, okay, but you've, you've got to let me come back to adoption in this world. That is my first love at some point, you know, like, Lord, I, I want to follow you. I don't want to miss out on what you're asking me to do, but I pray that you would at some point merge these worlds, um, or allow me to, to incorporate that, that passion of mine back into my life somehow. And so it's just so crazy because the way we actually became introduced to the orphanage is, uh, this woman named Karis, who's a beautiful young woman who grew up in Nashville, she was um, a missionary at the orphanage, and she had read my first book, and she just happened to reach out to me and say, "Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for your for your for what you've written. Um, it's been really powerful and helpful for me as I'm raising all of these young boys at the orphanage, and always feeling so overwhelmed and feeling like I need so much grace. So, mm-hmm. thank you for that. And that started friendship that ultimately connected us to the orphanage, which has ultimately led to Andre now living with oh, us. Start, I mean, can you believe that? Full circle. I know. It's crazy. Karis and I were going back through old emails the other day when we first started to communicate with each other. And we're like, we just can't believe that that's where it started. And tomorrow, one of Karis's sons, oh. um, as you know, cause she's mommy Karis to him, yes. um, Be moving in with us, so that is amazing. Okay, and so now that you're giving
0: this amazing story, but we want to know what that book was.
1: (laughs) That first book was Parenting the Wholehearted Child, Um, and then about two years ago, my second book, Mom Set Free, came out, and that's about finding relief from the pressure to get it all right. Um, And so, (laughs) Yes, I still need it. I can't tell you how often people, you know, when they still post quotes or images and I literally just go, thank you. I needed to be reminded of that today. Um, That's not the truth. Right. Yes, I mean, we yes. just, there's a reason that at the end of Galatians 5.1, he says, no, don't go back and put on that old yoke of slavery again. Right. That you haven't been set free for freedom. Don't go back yes. to that old uh, yoke of slavery because it's so easy to keep going back to those pressures and those worries and those fears that Jesus wants us to walk in freedom from his mom's.
0: Yes. Oh, that is such good stuff. And we will have links to both of those books and everywhere you can find Jeannie over in the show notes. So at the end, I'll give links to that. Um, But I highly recommend both books. They are life-giving, refreshing, and encouraging. So Jeannie, thank you for being obedient to that call to step back from your work, do the writing, and now look at you full circle in the world of adoption. I love it.
1: God God is so faithful. He just writes the best stories.
0: He does. And we never know how great it could be until we step out in faith and follow him. Yeah. So true. Well, I, I um talking about the pressures. I love that because so much of um, the heart of my book, Boy Mom, is just that narrowing down of like what really matters because I know for me and I know from reading your books and getting to know you that there are so many pressures. And depending on your circle of friends, where you live here in Hawaii, it's a completely different world than Connecticut or where probably a lot of listeners are, but there always seems to be a lot of pressure and that overwhelm of what really matters most. And I think that most of the things that we feel pressure to do or be or look like uh, are are completely false. They're, they're things that we do not need to carry. They're not our responsibility. And yet, of course, as parents, we know that a few things do really matter. And there's yes. a few things we can do and we can do well to God's glory. And so... Um, We've been going through the series here on my podcast where we're covering just the main topics from my book. And and there's 12 areas that I say really do matter. Now, not to put a heavy burden on, we always know that God is sovereign, he's in control. But as far as acting as the mom of our kids, as far as being, um, just raising up our boys the best we can, today we come to the topic of influence. And um, this actually is, has surprised me when people have talked to me as I was writing the book. In fact, a, a missionary family who's in the Middle East were visiting and they said, okay, we're going to get your book. But I want to know if you just named three things. They have three young children, you know, three things um, that you would say are most important because they know my older boys. And they're like kind of eyeing them saying, we want our son to be like this. So what are yes, three Yes, I things? am too. <laughs> 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 Thank you. But as I sat and thought about it, I thought, okay. But there's 12 in the book, and I the besides faith, the very next thing that came out of my mouth was, you know what? I think the influ- influences in my boy's life have been absolutely key to shaping them to be who they are. And this isn't a parenting thing as much as intentionally placing them in a position where there's even outside influences, not my influence is one thing, your influence is one thing, but what about all those other influences in their life? Because I look at my boys and they are truly a product of many, many shaping influences. So I thought we could just talk about that from your experience and mine today as we dive into this topic. Sound good? Wonderful. Awesome. Well, you're, you have a teenager now, <laughs> so
1: do. almost two teenagers, it. right? Yeah, I can't believe it.
0: That's right. So um, I'm curious if you can share, just looking back, because I know your boys are pretty amazing. They're doing great things. Your family looks very happy, and I don't mean just looks like in pictures, but from what I know of you, you're doing an awesome job as a family. Tell me some of the early influences that you think have been most key, most instrumental in raising your sons so far.
1: Yeah, it's... um it's amazing how the older they get, the more aware you really do become of how dependent you are on the faithfulness and the sovereignty of God in their lives. Yes. Yep. Um, that you really do not have the power to change or transform their hearts at all. Yeah. that That is the Holy Spirit's work, um, that that is um, something, like you said Monica, and it's what I love so much about your book that we have been called to be very intentional and purposeful in planting seeds of faith in our boys' lives, of of surrounding them with influences um, that can speak truth into their lives. Right? There's all these wonderful invitational things that we can do, um, but then we have to we have to surrender. You know, the outcome of that. And the older he gets, the more aware that becomes, and the more dependent I become on prayer. Sure. because it's just like, I just have to pray about that. I just have to pray about that. I just have to pray about that. Right. Um, and, and trust in the Lord to show up. And, um, so your, your words about my family looking, um, beautiful or very kind. Um, but I want to assure any listener that like anybody, we have our daily struggles and I, I constantly wrestle with what is mine to share, especially as they get older. And what do I have to keep private without, without creating this persona that, um, it's all like, you know, skittles and rainbows over here, because there's a lot of, the older they get, the more complicated it is. And the more grateful I become for, the other outside influences. So I'm really glad we're talking about that today. Um, Mm -hmm. And as I think back to, you know, their younger years, I think one of the most important things that I try to share with younger moms, um, you know, when I do mops or things like that is to not uh, negate the significance of planting seeds from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. that it's never, ever, ever too early to read the Bible with them. It's never too early to pray with them. It's never too early to blare worship music in your home because all of that is just going in. You know, like you said, they're little sponges and they're absorbing the stories, though they might not understand the significance of them yet. You know, to hear my sweet little Finny, you know, walking around the house singing, leaning on the everlasting arms of Jesus because oh, they sang that at vacation Bible school this summer. Um, you know, the scripture speaks so often about um, the overflow of the heart. And so it's so beautiful to to see those moments that give me hope um, when I can just see the overflow from the seeds we're planting. So just to be really intentional, even when they're young, about you know reading the Jesus Storybook Bible with them or being intentional uh, with prayer, because I just so strongly believe in the significance of the seeds in those early early years really matters.
0: Oh, I love that so much. It's really what you're describing is an environment. It's placing them in an environment where you're intentionally um, bringing God to the center all yeah. the time. So that yeah. becomes to them really um, their natural bend when they, you know, if you're praying every time you have a need or a, a praise, they're going to be that much more likely to turn to prayer as the most natural thing. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and, and I think then as they grow older and they're making choices, um, we can steer them, we can not control them, we can, we can communicate with them. Talk to me a little about as your boys have gotten older and things like going to school or being involved in sports. What, what are some of the activities your boys have done growing up just to paint a picture for us?
1: You know, I'm so grateful for community, um, for, for our church community. Um, I don't know specifically what it's like where you are, but, you know, people joke that the Northeast is a spiritual wasteland. Uh-huh. Um, and we've been here for 15, 16 years now, and it's mm-hmm. I've been amazed at watching – Um, that tide turn a little bit and just the growing interest in faith and in following Jesus and the curiosity about what that looks like here. Um, So that's been really encouraging to me, but we've been very dependent on our church community to be um, a place for our boys to um, be surrounded by other people who want to follow Jesus and know Jesus. And so we're, we're constantly talking about, you know, what scripture says about how we're called to be, um, in the world, but not of the world. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I'm still learning. And again, I'm, I'm not just saying this. I'm really grateful for you and for moms who have gone before me as I, as I learn how to walk that out with my boys as they get older, because it gets more complicated and obviously the temptations are more significant and, you know, I'm not a fan of like, you know, the little years or easy years because you can't say that to a mom who has like a two-year-old and a four-year-old <laughs> hanging on, her no. legs, screaming and can't be rationalized with, you know, like that's, it's just a different kind of hard. It is. I, I think it's fair to say that the issues become more complicated and the cost is higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm grateful for youth group and for church community where um, there's other older, other people and um, other kind of older teens speaking into my son's lives where they can see them making decisions that are pretty hard to make where we live. Um, and I'm not saying it's easier in the South, but when, when following Jesus is, um, not a, not a common thing to do, uh, where you live, um, it's, it's hard and it gets harder as they get older. And, um, I'm really trying to help my boys understand what a gift it is, because at the end of the day, faith is a gift. And how incredible that the Lord has opened the eyes of your heart yes. to who he is and mm-hmm. has given you a desire to know him and follow him, even though you stumble in that walk, just like I stumble in that walk. Wow. Um, what a gift it is to have yeah. your the eyes of your heart open to Jesus.
0: Oh that is so You know so to good. really
1: help us frame it for our kids as a as a privilege as an honor you know yeah, that you exactly you get to go through life knowing um the god the of the universe sets you free absolutely
0: yeah. oh i love yeah. that so so good to communicate those things to give our kids just that perspective so yeah, that but they can Yeah it's not a burden with them. yes yeah oh so good and and now of course, I'm we homeschool our boys, so we have you know some different challenges, but maybe in some ways they don't go to school and face face their peers at school each day. Uh, your kids do go to school as well, right? You're not homeschooling.
1: I am not homeschooling.
0: okay, so um how how has that been as they've grown up, the school setting? Is that something that has have, have they stayed in one school the whole time, or has that been a challenge you've had to deal with switching around or what?
1: They have. They've all grown up um, in the public school system here. Although our son is going to be starting private school for high school. Okay. Um, there are no Christian schools where we live within an hour or two, at a minimum. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's not even an option. You know, I grew up going to a private Christian school, and I loved uh, just having the gospel woven into. My education, sure. yes. Um, but that's just not an option here. Um, so I'm grateful for a really good public school system here. Um, it's one of the reasons we live where we live. Um, yes. okay. But um, the faith element is not part of it. And I, so I can, you know, honestly, it. I can sometimes take that on as a burden, and I have to keep laying that back down. I can, I can kind of fall for that uh, lie that now it's really all on me um, yeah. right. or on the church because yeah. you know they're not, they're not getting that. Piece of their—they're uh, they're not getting their faith woven into their education, and sure. so it can—I can kind of make that heavier than it needs to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, we're good so, at that uh,
0: as moms, aren't we? Just right. Making everything, it's, making everything heavier than it needs to be. I can do the same thing with homeschooling. I think we just are experts at doing that to ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah. No matter what kind of school they go to, it right? Is.
0: It is, yes, yes. Cause it's all on me that when they homeschool as well, right? I, I'm the one to blame if something doesn't go right. So I get it. I absolutely relate. But um but I think you're right. The perspective you take on it and the way you send them off can, you know, they can be missionaries in their school and probably the few Christian friends they have, if some of their friends from church go to school, it probably binds them that much tighter together.
1: I I think so. I do, I think so. We can hope. I know it's, I'm I, I can assure you that um, Very often I hear things like, mom, you are the only one who Mm. blah, 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 you know, or I'm the only kid who can't blah, blah, blah. Um, And I'm like, I hear you and I love you and I need you to trust me. (laughs) I need you to believe that one day you are going to say thank you. And maybe you won't, maybe, uh, maybe I'm getting it wrong in this area and I'm sorry (laughs) if I am. Um, I love that though. You know, but I'm doing my best to... Put you in a position to continue to grow into the man that God created you to be. For sure. Um, You know, know. and so you might not get it as a teenager, but these decisions really are made out of love, whether that's not letting you have Snapchat till your end of your eighth grade year, or if that's You know, uh, still having the passcode to your phone because we believe that accountability is really good and important um, at your age. Yes. Um, So, yeah, so we're making decisions that I think we're not the only ones. There's plenty of other families here, but it is definitely countercultural. The boundaries which we still keep in place uh, with our boys at 14, 12 and nine.
0: Well, you know, I love that. And and if it encourages you, and I, I know you like to look at the kids who are a few years ahead, but my Josiah, who just finished his first year at college, um, he I was walking through Costco the day before he flew home from his freshman year of college. And I'll never forget because I was losing my cool at Costco as the tears ran down my face because he was just saying, Mom, I have to tell you that... Even here at a Christian college where he has amazing friends. And you know, he's he's thriving. He found a great church, a lot of good stuff. But he said, if I didn't, if I didn't come here grounded, if I didn't leave our home knowing what I do about my faith and really understanding it, not just believing it because my parents believe, but really understanding it and being grounded. He's like, I don't I wouldn't have made it through my freshman year, even at a Christian school. And he said, But I want to thank you mom because yeah. everything that I have spiritually comes from you and dad teaching me the truth through all those years and mm-hmm. I just thought ah, oh, because I felt like you Jeannie when when he was that age when he was a young teenager just like trust us keep returning to God's word keep returning to the truth and we wanted it to be his own we didn't want him to just have blind faith but keep pointing him back to the one who has the truth and to hear him call me and just be like everything you've taught me is real and true. And I know it that I know it, but I don't know if I could have made it through if I wasn't grounded. And I just was tears were falling because I thought of all those years that we just kept turning. And so have that vision because there will be the day where they thank you and where they are so grateful for everything you're doing right now. That's
1: that's, I appreciate you saying that. And I, I know there's probably, I hope you keep saying that um, <laughs> to other mamas, because I think that's an encouragement that we desperately need when there's so much pressure from our kids to, you know, want to want to be able to have the freedoms that some of their friends might have. Um for and sure. it's so hard too, Monica, to know like because you don't want to be the helicopter mom, you don't want to be the hovering mom, you don't want to be the keep them in a bubble mom, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's no good either, right? Um, and so it's constantly going, okay, Lord, give me wisdom. Like exactly. you say that if I come and ask for wisdom, you will you will give it to me. That it, that you love giving me that wisdom. So how can I continue to you know um, seek to raise men? Um, who want to have a hunger. I mean, I I don't just want them to read God's word. I want them to hunger for it. Yes, yes. But I can't, you know, it's funny. My son, the other day, um, we were on the way home from church, and he mentioned that one of his friends wasn't there. And he goes, his parents don't wake him up and make him go every Sunday. And (sighs) I said, well, I'm sure (sighs) they... I know they love their son just as much as we love you, um, but that's the decision we've made. And again, I, I'm going back to, I hope one day you'll thank us for it. I said, but uh-huh. this is the deal, Cal. This is the deal. You still have control in this situation because so much of this is about control, as you know better than I do. Exactly. Right? Um, yes. Kind of like they want to break free, but then they want to come close. And then they, And I said, the, the reality is. I take you we your father and I we take you boys to church every Sunday because we need it, we need it. we love it. We know how much we need to go and worship Jesus and remind ourselves of who he is and and to get filled up. Um, but the truth is cal you you can you can listen to that sermon, but you can choose not to receive it. Yes. You know, you can daydream instead of opening up your heart to what you're being taught. Okay. So at the end of the day, again, I can I can put you in positions or experiences to encounter the love of God, to be fed truth, just like, you know, when we require them to, you know, hey, I want you to spend time with Jesus every day. You know, nice. I mean, that's just but i can't make that change your heart no. i can't make you believe what you're reading i can only pray about that but i'm going to continue as your mom i feel like god asked me to continue to disciple you and that means putting you in positions where you encounter truth mm-hmm. and experience his love yes. um you know but it's but you know at the end of the day they it's it's still it's out of our hands right it like i yes. that we can put him so it's really beautiful that your son was able to recognize that by you putting him in those positions, and by the Holy Spirit opening up his eyes and his heart to it, yes. you know he can now say, say thank you.
0: I definitely, yes, absolutely, and it's it's a day by day, month by month, year by year thing, and um, and then those other role models and influences play a role, like you said, getting them involved in youth group. Then they begin to see this isn't just mom and dad. There's actually amazing people out there who i want to be like like look at their life they they have so much whether it's joy or um just the blessing they see on the people who are following jesus and also the the burdens that they are missing you know they they see people who aren't following jesus who might be you know anything according to the world standards successful or famous or this or that but they also see now their eyes are being opened to the problems that they face because they're not doing things God's way and they just see that freedom and joy in those that they have followed for years now who have been doing it God's way and they just start to see that consistency and it inspires them to keep plugging on and keep following the Lord like the role models who who are some people I, I'd love to hear if there's um Depending on the, the sports or the interests your boys have, have there been any significant influences in their life? Um, maybe just role models that they follow who they don't know personally, or can you think of anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think there's it's both. It's, you know, one of the things that I love that my husband does with the boys is he's constantly, you know, like he read Love Does With Them, or mm-hmm. um, Paul Tripp, if you have boys who love football, Paul Tripp did this thing called The Faith Playbook. Um, and it's a series of interviews with famous football players who talk about how their faith is more significant than football. Oh, and, so good! And how their faith. So we watched that series um, with the boys.
0: Okay, so uh, wait. This is a, a video series or a book? It's I a video
1: series. Ooh, okay, we'll we'll Playbook. link to
0: this in show notes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's really good. Um, uh, Carson Wentz. Um, there's several um, players who just talk about the impact of their faith. Um, yeah, you know, like we had them read the book by Tim Tebow, uh-huh. um, Shaken, about, you know, just kind of how his faith has formed his life. So I think there's so much value in kind of looking at people they would say have been successful or have a, have a talent that they would admire, um, mm-hmm. talking about how Jesus is the most important thing in their life, how profound that is. Because as you know, you know, the older they get, the less influence we carry in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, they they want to know what other people think, right? Right. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's been I think that's been really a really helpful thing to just be able to point out other books um, sure. written by athletes or programs sure. that engage yep. them. You know, one of the things that we did for Cal that has been has actually proven to be far more meaningful than I even thought it would be was um, when he turned thirteen. We kind of entered the te- official teenage years, right? We. Mm-hmm. Um, reached out to about 15 to 20 men, um, cousins who are older than him who have a beautiful faith, mm-hmm. um, some of my husband's best friends that, you know, my husband or my son watches them worship in church every Sunday, um, their grandfathers. So we reached out to a group of men and said, hey, we're going to put together a book for Cal when he turns 13, and we're just asking you to write him a letter. And mm-hmm. the two things we would love for you to put in a letter is what do you see in Cal? And then what's your best advice for Cal as he starts to navigate his teenage years based on what you've been through? I love this. Oh my gosh. These letters blew us away. I mean, men wow. were so thoughtful. Um, and it was unbelievable how they, there was this theme, only God could do this. There was this theme woven into the letters about who Cal is, about how they see him as as a pioneer, as a leader, mm. um, in ways that it's hard for them to see in themselves at that age. Yes. Um, and so sure. it was such a gift at the time to give to him. Um, but one of the things that we've done is we've gone back to it. So for example, about two weeks ago, Cal was walking through something hard and was struggling with some decisions and that he had made and knew he probably could have made some better ones in certain situations. Like we all can, cause we're human and we do right. that every day. Yep. And I said, Hey bud, one of the things that I want you to do is I just want you to go up to your room and I want you to pull out that book and I want you to just read three of those letters. Sure. Just pick any three. Um, Yeah. And then I want you to take a minute and I love how, how much you talk about your boys journaling in your book, Monica, Mm -hmm. how, how often you do that with them. Mm -hmm. And I said, I just want you to journal. Who do you believe God has made you to be? And do you believe that kind of you know, the decisions that you made in that situation are helping you step more into that, or are they actually pulling you away from that? Oh, so good. Um, And so I'm just, I would encourage moms, maybe they've already done it, or they do a different form of that, to think of people who can put in writing uh, what they see in your boys and, um, and then advice for, you know, how to walk continue to walk that out how to have the courage to continue to walk that out because it's been a real it's been a real gift in Cal's life so Brendan turns 13 next April and we'll do the same thing for him when he when he hits that age
0: okay I just love that and I'm just gonna confess a little jealous here (laughs) (laughs) we're not good at these kinds of things I'm always like well maybe at 21 we can do this for Josiah because no we haven't done anything really um you know, just specifically like that, we do have great men in their life. But I love that. I encourage people to do it. It takes a little time and planning, but how awesome! So good.
1: One thing you do that I love that you write about in your book is how how you were so devoted to that character development piece in them. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how you had them listen to different types of podcasts and books <laughs> yes. that really talked about um, developing character, and and how you actually saw that bear fruit in your sons. For life sure. when he was struggling, yes. Uh, um, so, I mean, I think that's really that's that's it's different, but it's the same in the sense that there's just this commitment to uh, being intentional uh, yes. about those things. Yes, right? because, because I if think you're not intentional, it just goes by. It just you you blink and it's like ah, exactly. Right?
0: Exactly. And I've gone through seasons like that, too, where I'm just like, okay, where did the time go and what what has come out of this season? So intentionality is key. But that's one thing I love is that some of us are blessed to have people right in our, you know, in our neighborhood or in our family or in, you know, that our boys can see and touch and spend time with. But for those families that feel like, you know, they're just in a place where they don't have a whole lot of great examples or role models, or maybe dad isn't setting the example that they wish he did. Mm -hmm. What's awesome is we do live in a world because of technology, even social media. One of the blessings is my boys follow amazing other, you know, like you said, athletes, pastors, musicians who are so bold in their faith and who share their life. And I love that we have that opportunity to point our kids to role models, even if they're not right here in front of them. So, um, that's, that's super special. I think if we're seeking it, God will be faithful to show us and to help our boys along and and bring them to a place where they have some great examples. And like you mentioned your husband's involvement, I know he's also played a great role in shaping your boys too, right? Spending time with dad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, 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 there is no greater contributor than (laughs) honestly, my husband's, um, it's actually his birthday today. And I know I'm getting a little, um, I'm getting a little teary talking about it actually, um, because it is sacrifice. It is radical sacrifice, um, to, you know, go into New York city and to be the CEO and to lead a company and to, and to yet to come home and be so devoted Uh to fathering our kids, um, I'm just so grateful. I mean, he, um, it there was a season, it was back in April and we went on vacation to Palmetto bluff in South Carolina, which is one of our favorite places in, in all the world. And we oftentimes spend spring break there. Uh, but it was hard, Monica, it was a mm. hard trip. I mean, we mm. were like, you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but when we were just speaking, um, together, but you know, there's days where you go, we have planted seeds and it is bearing no fruit. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like, where is the evidence of our hard work? I give up. I'm so discouraged. And it was kind of one of those weeks where it was like, there were just so mm. much fighting and mm-hmm. so much tearing down and so little building up. And I'm like, gosh, from the day they were born, we've talked about the power of words and how they can kill or they can heal, you know, how they can build up or they can tear down. And yep. it was just, we were discouraged. And so we came back and my husband said, you know what? We just, we need a reboot. We need a reset. So and he beautiful. said, and he said, babe, I know that so much of this falls on you at home. Um, and I want to, I want to, I want to step it up. And so every single day he would send each one of them an individual note that I would put out on my computer Mm. That would, first of all, just give them a Bible verse, uh, a little love note of encouragement. And then it was kind of goals for the day. There were spiritual goals, physical goals, um, and goals for their mind. So it was kind of like a holistic approach to sure. um, and being more involved in their lives yes. because he is in the city all day working.
0: Right.
1: Um, and so I'm just really, really grateful for his desire to... Uh, be intentional in fathering them. Um, So good. And Jeannie, what I love is that he was able, I
0: mean, for the moms listening, maybe you can bring dad in to listen to even just this part of our conversation because- he was doing that. It wasn't because he was right there in your home and able, you know, just to have some real flexible job. He had to go to work, but yeah. he found a creative way. Probably didn't take a ton of time, took a little time and thought and hopefully prayer, but he, he did this from his workplace. And, and I love that there's creative ways that dads can stay involved, can influence their boys. Yep. That is just huge.
1: Yeah. I mean, another little thing is he, every morning he just texts us all, he has a, we have a family string and he texts us all a Bible verse from one of Mm -hmm. his devotions. So he does his devotions on the train in the morning. And so when he's done, he'll just send a group text and say, you know, this is the verse that's really stood out to me in my devotions this morning. And this is why. Um, so good. Right? Well it's done. These, it's just these little things that, and you know, Monica, I know this can be such a source of sadness and tension for some moms. I can sure. honestly say that whenever I speak, most the most often thing I get asked is, how do you bring a dad on board? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is usually when we're talking about just how do you parent from that place of freedom in Christ, just yes. knowing that though we have a... I think this is a a good time for us to talk about this, which is because we're talking so much about how significant we are in our kids' lives, um, and that can start to feel heavy or burdensome. Yes. Um, and I, and you touched on this earlier, I think it's always so good to frame that in light of God's sovereignty over their lives that, yes, we are so significant, but God is so sovereign. Yes. And so for people who say, when I speak, they say, but I don't have a spouse that's on board. Right. Um. And I think there's just a, a deep breath of relief to remember that that God is, God is a good father. Yes. Um, and so even though their earthly father might not be participating, they have a heavenly father who loves them in unimaginable ways. Um, and just to pray that the Lord would put people in their lives, like you're saying, mentors or influences sure. that can step into that role. Yes. Um, maybe when dad either isn't engaged or doesn't believe the same things. Right. Um so just a word of encouragement to moms who feel like, you know, well that's great, Jeannie, but my husband isn't on board. Definitely. Yes. Uh, I I think that is so it's so
0: important. And we just actually had dinner with a couple recently and and um the gentleman shared his testimony, and we were super encouraged because he was talking about growing up with a dad who was actually a bit abusive and not involved um emotionally in his life and how his mom always taught him that he had a heavenly father who loved him and that even though there were some really rough times growing up, he never doubted that he had a heavenly father. And I just love that. And, you know, the story really gets beautiful because later in life as he, um, becomes an adult and is able to forgive his father, his father came back and became a believer. And now they have this awesome, awesome relationship, but I do love that he was able to grow up despite that lack of, um, Uh a father's love, a father's, you know, healthy role in his life. He was able to know his heavenly father. And, and I think that, like you said, the sovereignty of God cannot be overlooked is it is the most important thing. And yet we're also blessed to have those role models, whether it's a youth group leader or a coach or a good friend of the family, keep pointing those boys to men who love God, who can set that example for sure. Yep. So, so good. Oh, well, I just love all of this. Um, Jeannie, you're doing an amazing job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a teenager. You're about to have another one. And then you're going to have an adult son there in
1: the house soon. Oh. I, I just like Jesus take the wheel. Yes. Uh, and yeah.
0: he, and he's doing it every day. And you are faithful. And your books are so encouraging, uh, especially to um, – just those seasons where we're trying to carry the load ourselves to be reminded that it's all about him, that we can't do it all. Even if we think we're doing it all, then we're deceived. <laughs> so yeah. so keep um, keep turning our hearts to the one who is truly um, leading our kids. And, and he hears every prayer. I know this morning, once again, I just opened my power of a praying parent. I still use that pretty much every day. And I'm just so grateful that that our prayers are heard, that every prayer is heard.
1: Every prayer is heard. It is is our superpower as mamas just to keep going back to praying that the Lord would um, just continue to open the eyes of our son's hearts to his love and to give them a hunger for his word. And, you know, one of the things you talk about so much in your book is just this like being, it goes back to that intentional purposefulness, right, of Mm -hmm. of motherhood, of, of what they need most, right? So we can lay all these things down um, that are not significant so that we really can be intentional with the things that are. Yes. Um, so just a word of encouragement to the moms listening, because I think there's so, there's so many things that we long to give our kids. There's so many things that the world tells us we should be giving them. Um, but at the end of the day, the Lord calls us to give our children him above all else. Yes. Right. That just, yes. God above all else and everything else will fall into place. It just, it just will. I won't blow the end of the story, but I love in the book how you talk about one of the stories that was so encouraging for me was, you know, when your son was going through, um, when you were making some decisions about what you thought was best for him and he was going through some, I don't want to use the word bullying, but some stuff mm-hmm. that was really mm-hmm. hard to watch him experience. Yes. And the end of that chapter, the end of that story was so <laughs> encouraging for me. <laughs> Um, as you know, because as moms, when we watch our boys walk through stuff like that, and we want to fix it, mm-hmm. and we go, "God, why are you allowing this to happen to him?" Yes. Um, and again, just to be able to see what your boys have walked through and how the Lord has, like, you couldn't have seen how He was gonna, how the Lord was gonna use that and what He was gonna do in that and how He right. worked that all for good, literally. Yes. No way. Um, <laughs> so just so many encouraging stories in your um, book for um, us um, who are kind of still. Going, is this all going to work out? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: For sure. Thank you so much, Jeannie. Well, it's your husband's birthday, and we've taken enough of your time, so please be sure to give him a big birthday hug from all I of us. I
1: will. I will. So good and, to um, with you today.
0: Well, I'm going to definitely link to everything. But before we wrap up, why don't you just tell everyone where they can find you and your books and anything else you're doing?
1: Uh, everything is pretty much Jeannie Cunyon. My website is JeannieCunyon.com. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter are Jeannie Cunyon, uh, although I can't remember the last time I was on Twitter, um, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> literally. Uh, my Facebook is Jeannie Cunyon. It's all there. Um, so yeah, that's, and I would love, I would love to connect. I, I truly love hearing uh, from people after they listen to podcasts. So direct message me, um, come say hi. I would love For to hear sure. from you. Yeah. Yes. If you have any questions about things we talked about today, I would love to hear from you.
0: You bet. I'm going to have to tweet you after this because I'm also never on Twitter. But I always think if I had a buddy that I was like tweeting back and forth with, maybe I would do it more. But it just it's one of those platforms I just haven't connected well, but I'm right. there if anyone wants to find me. So I'm going to tweet you for sure. Um, but definitely reach out to Jeannie. She's so, um, so gracious to always respond. And she's just like a good friend. I just love, love having you here, Jeannie. Thank you. We, we will all be eager to hear how it goes with your 23 year old boy moving in with you tomorrow. Uh, so excited oh. for that.
1: And, we'll um, and I'll am um, i put some fun stuff on, on Instagram when he gets here. I can't oh. wait
0: please do. I'm so excited. And um, we're just excited for you and hope you'll keep um, sharing your wisdom through your writing. We'll be okay. looking forward to whatever God places on your heart next.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to celebrate <laughs> your book here in a couple weeks.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And Jeannie, thank you so much for being here. God bless you. you. My pleasure. Aloha. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, guys, isn't Jeannie just awesome? I really adore and appreciate her so much. And I also appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for sharing this podcast. I hope that you have subscribed by now. If not, it's easy to do. So be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast so you'll be the first to know when new episodes come out. Uh, We have many exciting topics coming up in the next few weeks and a fun episode planned also for the day of my book launch, where perhaps you'll be hearing from some other members of my family. So I'm um, looking forward to growing with you here and just appreciate your time and looking forward to next week already. So until next time, aloha.